Lori here, and welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast. Grab a cup of tea and let's spend some time together. My co-host Rhonda and I are ordained ministers working together at Life Center Church. We are leaders, wives, moms, and longtime friends. In this podcast, we hope to share some meaningful moments from our lives, everything from lessons we've learned the hard way or how to rise up in the midst of obstacles and insecurities. We will encourage you to take risks and remind you that you are deeply loved and completely worthy. Let's awaken life's most amazing moments together. Today's podcast was a workshop from Heart Conference 2019 called Awaken Rest, The Necessity of Entering into the Rest of God, with speakers Pastor Ingrid Heeg and Jose Parr. Do you worry and are anxious about many things? This workshop is about pressing the reset button by entering into God's rest and remaining there as a lifestyle. Jose Parr is a very enthusiastic woman whose joie de vivre is fueled by simply knowing how much God loves her. Being redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus, she thrives to help people find their way to God. She is an encourager, a teacher, and intercessor. Jose, with her husband Bruno, of 32 years, have two adult children. Jose is currently working on her Master's of Arts in New Testament Theology at Briarcrest Seminary. After 26 years in the Canadian Armed Forces as a military lawyer, Jose is now serving at Life Centre as the Life Group's coordinator for the Orleans campus. Pastor Ingrid Heek loves God above all else. God has been challenging her for years to pursue relationship with Him first, promising that all other things will follow. Pastor Ingrid serves as the children's pastor at Life Centre Church, She's married to Jeff and has six incredible kids. She's passionate about doing life in community and cares deeply for those in need. Allow God to set you free from your... From the beginning, we learned that we are to rest, but rest is where we start from. But we get it all the way around, right? We do it the other way around. We work, 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 and then we rest. This is not the way it works. We are to rest first and then do what we're supposed to do. So that's that's why creation is so important, to go back at creation. God created us. So God has a purpose. So we are created by God, for God, and in God. So created by God, we just saw it, Genesis 1. Created for God, for a relationship with him, we rest with him. And in God, because we are created in his own image. So the God of heaven and earth created all things. He created heaven and earth and all things that is in it, including you and us. So he's the creator with a big C. But we know him as our father, right? We know him as our heavenly father. So in Matthew 6, 25 to 34... He says, Jesus tell us, tells us, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in, into barns, and yet 
your heavenly Father feeds them, are you not more value than them, than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour in his span of life? Isn't that just awesome? I love that verse because it just reminds us that we don't need to worry, that we're not just uh, starting with rest. We're not just kind of launching into life there. And when we talk about rest, it's not kind of sleeping or sitting around in our home. That's not necessarily what we're talking about. We're talking about a place of uh, being kind of at peace with God and allowing him to sort of lead and guide us. We're not being anxious about the things in our life. We're allowing God to take care of those things. And so that's what rest is. Does it include taking time, uh, resting physically? Absolutely. But part of what rest is, and I think the big part, is understanding that that is really a lot of what our, our rest comes from. You can sleep all day and sometimes feel still exhausted. And so there needs to be an internal rest. Uh, uh, I, like, I'm good. Me and God, we're good. And he's taking care of things. So uh, out of that, I just want to remind, like, as we look at Matthew 6, it talks about him being our source of rest. You know, and if you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of take this down to an analogy. I want you guys, whether you have kids or not, I want you to pause and think, or even if, you, if you're not planning on having kids, if you're planning on having kids, I want you to kind of think for a minute about having kids, okay? Just think for a minute. What if I were to have kids? And then think, okay, what is my motivation to have children? Just, just for a second. We don't actually always think about that. I want you to think about the motivation behind having children. All right, so was that purpose uh, to work for you? Or, or maybe to run ragged, getting as much possible done in the day. How about making money? Was it so that they could make money? Or, or, or change policies somewhere and make sure, you know, the world's good that way. How about, how about for them to go get married and, and build something and do things with their lives? Is it at all for them to accomplish something? Is that the purpose you thought of as you thought about having children? I don't, not very many people think of it as being, well, I want my kids to accomplish something, you know. And so I think as we take a step back and put it in that perspective, you know, the majority of people, when they think about having children, it's relational. It's about relationship, you know, to know them and be known by them, to have them in your family to do things together, to watch them grow and enjoy and embrace the life that God has for them. It's not to be enslaved by unrealistic expectations or beaten down by unmet goals. It's not to go out hunting for love and acceptance and affirmation in other relationships or accomplishments. That's not what we hope for our children. That's not why we have kids. You know, having children is not to create some work machine you know, to force as much work out of them as possible. I don't think any of us really thought of that, right? But I think sometimes we, we take that and put that as to why God maybe made us. Don't we? Don't we sit there, I've got to get all this stuff done, and I've got to make sure I check all my boxes. You know, but if you think about having a baby, you think about snuggling them and spending time with them and carrying them, and teaching them, and enjoying time with them. Do we have hopes and dreams for them? Absolutely. We want to see them mature, and grow up, and become all that they were intended to, 
But this is out of a place of relationship. It's not, that's why you had kids. No, no, grow up and go do what you're supposed to do. It's out of this place of relationship and knowing each other, you know. And, and so if we, if we as human beings have children, choose to have children, have another person come into our lives like this out of a place of wanting relationship, how much more does this God who loves us, who, who chose to create us, he, he chose to create you. He chose to make you. But it wasn't to get out as much as he could possibly squeeze out of you, out of your life, from the time you're born to the time you die here on earth. No, it was because he wanted a relationship with you. Now, does he want us to do more than just sit on his lap and, you know, sit there and just be like, oh, God, yes, he does. He wants more. He gave you gifts and talents. He wants you to use them. But he did not create you to be a work machine for him. But we are task-oriented people, aren't we? Who here is task-oriented? Yeah, I would say the majority of us on some level or another is driven by that constant need to accomplish something, right? And our culture only feeds that. Our culture drives us towards tasks much more than it drives us towards relationships, right? Our culture is like, go get things done, go get stuff, go make sure your house is clean, go make sure whatever. Everything's perfect. And it teaches us plan, prepare, protect, right? Make sure you have a plan, make sure you're prepared, and make sure you protect the things that you love and yourself. But these are not bad things, but they become drivers in our life, and we're actually taught to have them as drivers in our life, aren't we? Like, isn't that what's supposed to be motivating most of what we do? Why do we go out and get a job so we can plan, prepare, and protect our family, you know, or ourselves? So they're not bad things. We're to use them as tools, but they are not meant to be drivers in our life. They're meant to be tools. God is meant to be the driver in your life. That's where rest comes from. When God is the driver in your life, rest is what you live out of. When these other things are the drivers in your life, that is not where rest exists. And I want to give you guys an example. Let's see if I can find it in this. I meant to take it out earlier, but we'll find it. How many of you have a planner? And love your planner. Some people are like, my life is in my planner. I lose my planner. I'm dead. I might as well be dead. Okay, so how many of you have a planner that is your life? All right, how many of you think, I need a planner that is my life? <laughs> Me, I need an assistant to carry my planner that keeps me on track, that is my life. But nonetheless, our planners, a lot of us, we're given this tool and we're told it's a tool, but what happens is sometimes it gets turned around, right? It gets turned around from just being a planner, a tool in our hands, to becoming a slave driver. How many of us are driven by what's written in this every day? It comes behind us, beating us and screaming at us, accomplish more, get things done, accomplish more, get things done, right? Right. And as soon as you accomplish something, another task is added to it. And so as we take this tool, it becomes a slave driver. And there are things in our lives, it doesn't have to be a planner, it can be something else that becomes a slave driver in your life. Rather than releasing you to be more productive or to have the relationships that you want to have, it actually ends up binding you and making you more unhappy. And so God one time uh, talked to me about my planner, and he was like, so Ingrid, this planner of yours, 
I had just checked something off. Yes. And then I went to my husband and I was like, I suck. I didn't get everything done. I went from feeling like, yes, to feeling like I was the worst thing on the planet within a few moments. And uh, he said, so Ingrid, so this, this is your dictator of peace. This is who gives you peace. This book with no power, this book that's meant to be a tool is what gives you peace. I thought I was the giver of peace. And I was like, ooh, ouch. You know, and, and he asked me to turn it around. And instead of allowing this to tell me how my day was going to go, he wanted me to go and sit with him with a cup of tea in the morning, take my tea, sit down, pray, you know, sit down with him in a comfy place, bring my planner, my Bible, maybe write down all the things I had to do. But instead of just going from there and then me plotting out what needs to go in and not getting it all in the day. He said, allow me to tell you what needs to happen in your day. No longer is it your planner telling you, but it's me. And it's turned around often. It may be a person becomes more important than a thing. It may be call this person. He starts to tell me the things that are most important in the day. And so I put those in. And then I'm released to live in that space rather than the list that never gets done. And no longer is this lording over me, but God is leading me. And I'm released from slavery into freedom. I'm awakened into rest because I can live in the plan that God has for me rather than bound to a slave driver. And so I just want to ask you guys, who are you serving? Who is driving you? Is it your planner? Is it a worry? Is it a fear? What is driving your every day? What is the driver in your life? Is it God? Or is it something else that you've put and allowed to have a voice in your life that's actually meant to be a tool or a reminder? And so as we continue on in this journey of awakening rest, we have to remember not to give too much authority to something else, not to look for a hit of peace from something, you know, my planner gave it was like a drug. I checked something, I was like, ah, oh, oh, I feel peace, you know? But then two seconds later, I don't have peace anymore. It's fleeting. And so we need to remember to find our peace in the everlasting peace giver, not something that's just going to give you peace for a moment, that's going to give you that hit. And so I encourage you to look inside and ask God, what am I looking for peace from? Where am I getting, trying to get rest from that won't give me rest? And so anything that you serve that is not God, that you're looking for peace from that is not God, is only going to take you on the path towards fear, anxiety, frustration, fruitlessness. These things won't actually give you lasting peace. They give you moments, seasons, but not lasting peace. So we do and do and do, but what does God actually ask of us? He asks us in Micah 6, 8, this is what he says, O people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And so God knows our worries, and he knows that they're not good for us. And so that's why he said, Ingrid, stop, stop allowing your planner, your worries, to be your driver. Allow me to then sit down with you, and you walk humbly through your day, allowing me to direct you, 
rather than the other way around. And being like, oh, right, God, I forgot to include you in my day. He is the driver. And just like Adam and Eve, when they were created, what did they do? They started with rest. And it talks in Genesis about how they walked in the garden with God. Every day he would come and meet with them. That's what he wants to do with you guys. Each one of you, he wants to come and meet you and walk through the day with you. He doesn't want you doing this alone. He wants you to walk with him humbly, allowing him to lead and guide you. He wants us to rejoice and ask for what we need. Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It all starts with joy. It's so important. And that's why Paul here, in his letter to the Philippians, he said, rejoice. And I say it again, rejoice. God delights in you, and he wants you to delight in him. He, he wants it to be a, a two-way uh, relationship. So as you rejoice, as you delight yourself in the Lord, you will rejoice. And when you look at this uh, verse, uh, it, Paul provides other instruction. He said, uh, the Lord is at hand. So that means the Lord is always with you. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm always with you. Okay, and that's a promise of God too. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he said, do not be anxious for anything. So it is something to be obedient because the Bible says when you're obedient to what I'm saying, then you get a blessing, right? We obey God, we get a blessing. And God knows, he created us. He knows we're not meant to, to be anxious or worry. Who um, has not, who has enjoyed to be worried and anxious? Who has enjoyed that, you know? Nobody enjoyed it. It even say that we have toxin when we, we worry and, and, and we are anxious. It's even, it, uh, we are actually hurting our body or even our mind. So it's not good for you. And God knows that because he created you. So you have to understand that each time you, you are anxious or you are worrying about something, then you are not following God's instruction for you. That's so important. That's the first thing. The second thing is that when you do that, you're missing out on the blessing. So he's saying, I know you're going to worry and you're going to be anxious. So that's why I'm saying don't do it. But instead, come to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. And what he's, he's planning to do is going to exchange your worry and uh, anxiety with his peace. That surpasses all understanding. So it's not the peace that you and I can give each other by being kind and nice to each other. It's the peace of God, which is beyond all understanding. And that's what we want because that's the everlasting peace. So this verse is something we need to meditate. We need to keep it in front of us. That's why we gave you an end out for that, for you to continue meditating on it after this session. Because this, the Word of God is your source of inspiration, is your source of strength. Is the, actually, it's the Word of God that will produce more faith in you. And this is how we get to know God more. And you'll see that in order to have a relationship with somebody, you have to know that person, right? Make sense? So it's the same thing with God. He wants a relationship with you. And to know Him, 
it's through his word. You're going to say, why God is saying, do not worry? And I say, because he wants to take care of us. 1 Peter, Peter 5, verse 6 and 7 says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. So God says, come to me with all your problem, your anxiety, and I will take care of you. That's his promise. But he also say there, at a proper time, God's timing is God's timing, right? There's a reason why sometimes there's a, a time for him to act, and it's not now. <laughs> but you have to understand that the, ma the major thing for us in life is to have faith. Because Jesus is coming back, and we need to have faith, genuine faith for that. So God's timing is always toward building you up. It's always toward building you up. So if you allow anxiety and stress and, and, um, and worries, then you need to stop and you need to turn to God and say, take it from me, take it from me, and I'll wait for you. I, I know you're going to come through. I, I know you care for me, so take it from me. Because this verse is a promise, is a promise from God. If you give it to me, I'll care for you. I'll take care of you. Give it to me, and I'll take care of you. The key here is humble yourself. And here, you have to look at it from the perspective, don't do it on your own. You're not alone. Don't do it, do it on your own effort. Don't, don't think that I'm not aware, I'm not there. And so come to me. Humble yourself. Come to me. Know that I am God, your Father, the creator of heaven and earth. And I can take care of you. And he will. He does. But we have to humble ourselves. We have to recognize that we need God. We have to recognize that we are not God. He is. We have to recognize that he created us and he has a plan for us. And for us to, to submit to him is just to come alongside with him. And like Ingrid just mentioned, to walk in the garden with him. Rest in us is being loved by God. When we go to God, we have to know that he loved us first. And we have to know that his love will never fail. And we have to know that nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. There's nothing you will do or will not do that can separate you from God's love. His love is yours. He created you. He loves you. And that settles it. That's it. He loves you. There's nothing you will do that will change that. And now God delights in you. He loves you. And you can depend on that love. You can come to him because you know he loves you. And that part is the most difficult part. I can say with my head, oh, yes, God loves me. But do I really feel it in my heart? Do I know that God loves me? And it's something we need to work every day. It's, some, it's something we need to receive because the more you're going to receive God's love, the more you will be empowered to do all he's calling you to do and to be who he created you to be. And it's awesome because he created each one of us different. And we all matter to him. And God wants us to be who he created us to be. So, But if we don't embrace God, we're missing out. We're missing out on who we really are. And being loved by God is the best gift ever. 
best gift ever. There's this prayer that I pray, uh, Ephesians um, 3. And I, I'd like to pray it over all of us. To pray it daily for yourself and pray daily for your family, your loved one, your friends. Extend it as big as possible because we all need to receive God's love. But as I, as I pray it for you, just uh, soak in the words. I bow my knee before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant us to be strengthened with power through the, his spirit in our inner being, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length, the heights and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. One last point um, on this verse. You see, it says, the love of Christ surpasses all knowledge. It starts with the love of Christ. If you don't have the love of Christ, if you don't know that God, Jesus gave himself for you, then you're missing out. If you know Jesus gave himself for you, then that's the best knowledge you can ever have because then you get into the kingdom of God. And then you can start a relationship with God because Jesus came so that we are reconciled with our Father in heaven. And Jesus took all our diseases, all our sickness, and all our sins. The work of the cross is complete and finished. And in Jesus Christ, because he loved us, we now live in him. And this is the most amazing news that God gave us. Yeah, so, uh, you know, God loves us this much. He's this incredible creator. And so what do you do if you've, you know, taken your time, sat down with God, said my day belongs to you, all my burdens belongs to you, and then you're like, still feel anxious. <laughs> you get 10 minutes into your day and you're already picking everything back up and owning it and, you know, the kids are screaming or your paper didn't get you know, sent to the right prof or whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. Something tries to come along and steal your anxiousness. So basically, when I encounter anxiety and unrest, I hit the reset button. That's kind of what I say. I used to tell my kids, like, I'd touch their nose and be like, okay, reset when they're freaking out. You know, and so when I'm freaking out on the inside or when I'm just feeling, like, unsettled, I start to feel unsettled. And you know what? It's a real it's a real issue, I think, for the majority of us is this unsettled feeling that just... You know, for some of it, it's gripping. For others of us, it's just this nagging feeling, but it's like, stuff's just not done, you know, and stuff's not right. And it doesn't really have specifics attached to it. It's just this feeling. So I hit the reset button. I pause. I take a big, deep breath, and I fix my eyes back on Christ, not the situation, not the feelings. I fix my eyes back on Christ, and I start to remind myself, who is God? Okay, so when you're feeling unsettled, Look back at God. Who is God? Who is he? Who does he say he is? And then who does he say I am? And it's not about what you do or what you accomplish. It's about who you are, redeemed by Christ, made for a purpose. And as I do that, it starts to help me move past the situation, the moment, the emotion, and look beyond to eternity, to the bigger picture, and to the fact that it doesn't rest on me. If it rests on me, gosh, I'm in trouble. If it rests on the people around me, I'm in trouble. You know, I'm, I'm 
broken, I'm flawed, and I definitely have limits. We all do. But if it rests on God, he's not flawed, he's not broken, and he has no limits. And he says that's extended to us. That's at your fingertips. The unbroken, unflawed, perfect God who has unlimited power says I'm available to you. And I know what's coming and I know what you're going through and you have me. And so focus back on that. Not on what's going right here, this little moment. Not what's going on in here. Not on what you have in your hand. The unlimited, amazing, flawless God. Okay? So Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I am God. That's Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. The author, when he was writing this, was in total chaos. He was at the end of his rope. I'm sure we've all felt like we were there. I have six kids. Sometimes I feel like I'm there every day. So, <laughs> you know, chaos. It's chaos. So, God, he turned to God and said, I need you to rescue me. He didn't try to fix it himself. Rescue me. And God's reply, what was his reply? Rest. Rest in my power. Be still. Know that I am God. Trust in who I am. Who I say I am. So we need to know God. This is an anchoring thing. You need to know this God that you serve. You can't hope to have rest unless you know him. Because what are you clinging to? Like a, a big idea. You need to get into the word of God. Spend time with him. Get to know him through prayer. Get to know him through the community of believers. And get to know him through quiet reflection. And you will start to realize that he absolutely is enough. That you can be still and know that he is God. So we have some practical tools for you guys to use. We do need to wrap it up. I was going to walk you guys through an exercise, but I don't know that we'll have time. I think we're, we're kind of, what do we have, two minutes? Do we have those five minutes? Okay. All right. So I'll, I'll walk you guys through a little exercise. But first, I want to give you guys some practical tools that you need to use in your life to help find rest. Okay? This is what I've used. And I know there's more to this. There is more to this. Listen, I'm not trying to say, you know, all rest lies in just this little concept. Like, I've been wrestling this out for some time for sure for years actually I'm still working on it it's a journey okay so please don't think I'm boiling it down to you know or we're boiling it down to like listen just do this and tomorrow you know you got it made you might but that wasn't my case but here's some practical tools all right journal having a journal even if you're not a journaler have one you know when you're sitting down to spend time with God what happens all your thoughts all the to-dos all the worries all the burdens they come rushing in write them down and leave them there Okay? And then spend time with God. And if they come back, you can say, no, nope, I've put this aside. But it helps you just get it out of your mind and onto paper. It also helps you write down things that maybe like uh, God spoke to you or a verse that spoke to you so you're not forgetting it. So keep a journal close by. Scripture. Scripture is essential. Essential. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Scripture is alive. It's active. It will transform you. It starts here, and it moves into your heart and emotions and into how you live. You need to get Scripture in your life if you are not digging into the Word bit by bit, one Scripture a week. It doesn't really matter. Something that you can inject into what you're wrestling, something applicable. Have 
And then uh, Hebrews 4.12 also talks about how the word is active and alive. It discerns what is going on underneath all the other stuff, okay? People, you need people in your life, all right? We all need people in our lives to help us when we're feeling like we're wrestling. We can go to them and, and they have somebody in your life that's going to point you back to Christ, okay? Not somebody who's going to be like, yeah, that's tough. And that's it, you know? Somebody, or who's going to be like, yeah, you know, right? Like, me too, and is, is complaining with you, but is going to be like, listen, God's got this. Is going to give you a scripture, is going to come behind you and underneath you, who you can also do the same for sometimes, okay? People, we need them. Prayer, prayer, give all your anxieties, your burdens. And yes, I know sometimes they jump right back into our heart, right back into our minds, but keep doing it. Pray continually, not complaining at God, but God, I give this back to you. It's not mine. Like, make a choice through prayer. Say, this isn't mine. And so as we, as we look, I want you to look at my backpack here, all right? So I gave you a piece of paper, and I'm going to ask you guys just even now to think about some burdens that you have. And so maybe how you look, it may be your work. This is maybe some of the things you carry around every day on your back, in your life. How fast can you run when you have a big burden? Maybe spiritual growth. Maybe, maybe it's, your, uh, it's your journaling and your Bible study. That can be a burden. You know, maybe it's cooking well. You know, feeding your family, exercise. What else do I have here? Just odds and ends in our lives. Big, heavy, small, light rocks that we take. Emotional dif difficulties. Things in our lives. So I want you guys on that piece of paper. You know, maybe it's your kid's homework. I don't know. Me. That's in my head. I have a reminder in my phone. Kids' homework. Kids' homework. Kids' homework. Kids' homework. You know, it doesn't really matter. Maybe it's your planner. It doesn't really matter, but we all have things we're carrying around that scream at us all the time. We have got to take these things. And I saw a picture one time. God said, empty your pockets. And I took everything out of my pockets. He's sitting across the table from me. Empty your pockets. I put it all out. And then he said, shove it across the table to me. And I'll give you back what you need to focus on. I'll give you back what you need to focus on. And so listen, empty your backpack, empty your pockets. It's not meant for you to carry all of it. He wants to carry it with you. And he will give you back what you need to focus on. And so I want you guys to take that piece of paper. We are totally out of time. But listen, write down what's in your backpack. Start letting him unpack what is going on in your life. Don't carry it alone. Ask God, where are all these things coming from? What's going on underneath? It may be one thing to start. Or it may be just this big unload. It doesn't really matter and keep giving it back to God. Keep shoving it across the table. It's not meant for you to figure this all out. So guys, I want to pray with you, and then we're going to put a video up, and you guys can keep, you can, you get, I know you got to go, but you can listen to the song as you go. Please, please, please get to know God deeper, more, more intimately, and let him have your things. It is a journey day by day. But he will walk you through to rest, I promise you. If you'll put your hand in his, if you'll start giving him control more and more, more and more, he will walk you towards rest. He will awaken rest in your heart. So let's pray with you. Heavenly Father, just seal everything that was said today. Just seal all the hearts so that he can meditate on it further. Lord, 
take our hands. Take our hands and take, take us where we need to go. Lord, you want a journey with us, and we want a journey with you. So help us. Help us to take a step, and you'll do the rest. Just bless us and uh, just release us today, and may you bless the rest of the day for your glory, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to the Awakening Moments podcast today. Like or subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Lori Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. May you be awakened to the moments that matter the most.